Pablo, if you're listening to this live stream, that pork's name is now Turbis. Welcome, Star Wars fans. This is a special episode of Tatooine Sons with JG Cars. A as Blue Saber podcast. As we break down the Mandalorian panel. And. I don't know. Yeah, you would do good. You got this. Five, four, three. Welcome, Star Wars fans. This is Tatooine Sons. We're having a special episode with J.G. Cars uh, with Blue Sabers podcast as we break down the Mandalorian panel. And I'm BB Nate, and I'm joined first by my brother Samuel the Hutt. A treat to Star Wars fans! Thanks for tuning in. And if you're not a Star Wars fan, then check out the stuff they released for the Mandalorian because you will be afterward. You should be afterwards. Yeah, and of course you can't have Star Wars without bizarre father figures. So on that note, here's my dad to Bowtie Jedi guy. This might be the first time we've ever done a podcast with Shania Twain in the background. All right? You guys don't even know who Shania Twain is. No, no. no. She was a big star for like 30 seconds in the end of the 90s. Um, One Hit Wonder? No, she had like three albums that were really popular, but then she disappeared. Um, so, yeah. So we're here. You got this background noise because we're actually sitting in our seats for the Phantom Menace panel. Uh, to close out Star Wars Celebration, uh, but we wanted to make sure that we got our recording done for The Mandalorian, and we're going to do the same thing with Clone Wars, and we've got our buddy J.G. Kars here. Hey, Star Wars fans, J.G. here, and yeah, we're rocking it out here with Shania Twain. See, they don't know who she is, but she was my childhood legend growing up, so I'm a 90s baby, I'm here with you, so, but we're here to talk. You had, you, you had a crush on her, didn't you? Oh, most definitely, always. Yeah, like half of America's men did. All right. Um, all right, let's talk Mandalorian. It's been like 24 hours since we hadn't seen anything. Didn't know anything about this. JG, what did you think about, just give me your first impression of the panel and what we got from the Mandalorian panel yesterday. My first impressions, I was blown away. I knew that it was going to be really awesome and really incredible, but actually to see it and hear the music, I think the music actually was stood out the most because everybody talks about how Solo was like to give you that Western feel. No, this really feels like a Clint Eastwood film. This really feels like we're about to get down and dirty with the Cowboys of space. Yeah, the Clint Eastwood thing is interesting because Pedro Pascal mentioned that he... Um, sort of tried to channel Clint Eastwood and that vibe from a Western. Um, you know, the, the clips that we saw and everything was great. What did you, you think about a Samuel Hutt? Oh, I absolutely loved it. Um, I might have a new favorite character here pretty soon. Um, I just love the gritty vibe that I get from it, the very Clint Eastwood vibe. Um, I just love the, the cocky um, confidence that the Mandalorian portrays. I mean, like in one scene... He's um, talking to some guy. We, we don't know a whole lot about the story, but he's talking to some guy, and then he's surrounded by these four stormtroopers, right? So he pulls out his rifle and his pistol, and the officer or whatever is like, um, you're outnumbered four to one, and the Mandalorian goes, yeah, I like those odds. You know, and the place erupted. So I, I was I was super excited. I can't wait to see more. Sam, uh, BB Nate, what were some like something that surprised you uh, from the panel? I'm going to put him on the spot here. Uh, he hasn't even had coffee yet today. 
Um, go for it, BB Nate. What did you, what surprised you in the panel? The, I mean, everything. I didn't know what to really expect from it, because like you said, we didn't hear anything about it, and then we now know about it. So, the strange thing is, is I'm excited to now have something to work with. My favorite part of the whole panel was at the end of the, was the end panel, end of the panel with the trailer, and you just see the Mandalorian have this, like, axe or hammer, and hits a stormtrooper, and it's like, with the stock of this and the helmet explodes. I just like that gritty feel of everything that's going to be happening. Yeah, and it's really interesting, too, because we did get to see an extended clip uh, from it. And if you guys were watching it on the streaming or you guys were watching it um, online or in the uh, overflow panels, I'm not sure they saw that stuff. But this extended clip um, has, what's the name of the of the actor that, do you remember on the other side of that? I don't remember the actor, no. <laughs> I'm trying to remember, he's a popular like bad guy um, in, in movies and stuff like that. They um, they brought him the the Mandalorian in to negotiate this uh, bounty that he's going after. This asset is what they called it that he needed to go and retrieve. He doesn't. He's got a tracking chip. It was really interesting. We talked about how that tracking chip was fifty years old. Did you guys pick up? Yeah, on the tracking fob or whatever. Yeah, and that's um, if fifty years. That's got to be before the prequels, right? Let's see. Yeah, because prequels go back about thirty years. Um, to, when you go to the Phantom Menace, it goes about 30 years pre- previous uh, Battle of Avon. So, yeah, we're talking 20 years before the Phantom Menace and all this is where this tracking chip. Now, that's interesting now that I'm thinking about it because the rumor was that the Mandalorian was seeking out a child and was going to be taking... You guys, did you remember hearing about that, JJ? Yes, I did hear about that. Yeah, so um, there's this child that he's going... Well, that, I don't know if that's the case unless it's like a grandchild um, of the person that they're tracking from before. Uh, what do you think? Do you think that rumor is not true, or, what, or what's going on? I think a lot of times now, like yeah, things get like uh, misconstrued, and I think a lot of times people are thinking that it was a child, but it's looking more like now it is a, an older person, and so I think it's just one of those details where you hear someone say something, and it just it just uh, crosses the wires, and it doesn't actually like come true. I mean, there could be still a child in play; we don't know yet, but for now, it's not looking that way. Um, but then it's interesting because he bring, he's brought into this room, and the bad guy, which I wish I, I'm, his name is eluding me right now, the actor. Um, you'll recognize him if you're you've been in you know seen anything in the last few years. He's a pretty co- or accomplished bad guy actor. He's brought in, and there's a bunch of stormtroopers in there, um, and he's on the side of these stormtroopers, which were five years after the Battle of um, Endor, is what they said. So this, these stormtroopers are present. It's almost certainly we're on Tatooine. Um, is all the different things that we're seeing in there indicate that it's Tatooine. Um, so there's a, still an imperial presence at some point. Maybe it's hidden, but it's present on Tatooine. And then um, we see in the clips, like the trailer, that the Mandalorian is battling stormtroopers. So something is going to happen um, after the MacGuffin, which is what we saw yesterday, uh, gets uh, moving forward. Um, it looks really good. Um, Samuel, what did you think about just sort of like the production value of this um, and, the, and, the, and the, the shooting and the quality of that? Yeah, I mean, while I was watching the clips and the trailer and stuff, I didn't realize this was for a TV show. I legit thought that, you know, it could be for a movie. It looked very Rogue one uh, level 
uh, production quality. Um, you know, I'm not worried that it's going to be. I think you used the example of like Agents of Shield, where it felt like a TV show for Marvel, but it was very TV show budget and production style and everything. So I'm really excited to see that the Mandalorian. It's not going to feel uh, not cheesy or whatever, but it's going to feel like Star Wars um, every episode, like watching a mini movie. Yeah, I think you're going to be able to watch the Mandalorian. Um, alongside anything in the Star Wars cinematic universe, and there's not going to be a a, a, a loss. Like you've got to change gears or something. Yeah, or a loss in quality um, with it, which I think is going to be great. Let's talk about. Um, I know you're a big Dave Filoni fan, JG. Um, talk about the relationship that was described between Filoni and Favreau on the panel, and how much Filoni is actually involved in this. Favreau and Filoni, I guess. I realized that they had a friendship, but I didn't realize like they're almost like best friends. So it's like the vibe that you got. They let each other in on secrets about Iron Man, whatever that was going on, and even the first season of Clone Wars. So they have like a real strong friendship. So it's already great to know that we have Favreau on this project. We have Filoni. That was great, but now to know that they have such a strong relationship with each other makes it even better because. When when they put those two creative minds together, we're in for a ride. We're in for something wild and something for crazy. Um, and you could tell they were joking. They were having fun with each other. Um, but you could totally tell that these two had that bond, and it's going to give us something special. So the really cool part was that Filoni was the first person to see full cut of Iron Man, and Favreau was the first person to see season one of Clone Wars. Yeah. So like you're saying, they our best friends and share secrets about it. It's really, really cool. Yeah, and, you know, Filoni is the one that brought Favreau into the Star Wars universe as he played um, Pre-Vizsla in the Clone Wars, even starting in Season 1. So um, this has been so much fun to see them interact. I think you're going to find in Favreau someone that has an extreme passion for the nostalgia of the original trilogy Star Wars stuff combined with Filoni who has a passion for the stories of the prequels and the Clone Wars um, coming together to make The Mandalorian. I think you're going to have stuff that's really going to be awesome for the fans that were original trilogy. Uh, Favreau talks about lots of little Easter eggs, lots of little nods to the uh, to the EU, lots of nods to the pre- original trilogy, and of course if Filoni's involved, um, it's going to be tremendous on that side of it. Um, what was like your the, the highlight of the whole panel for you, JJ? I think the highlight was just seeing that footage. I think that footage really said... Because, like, you can describe a, a scene, you can explain the characters, but then to actually visually see it and to hear the sounds, and almost, like, you obviously can't smell it because there's no smell vision, but when you're going through the marketplace, you can imagine that you're in some a marketplace and you can smell those... Uh, you know, they had a, a space monkey there that was being fried, unfortunately. Sorry, animal lovers. But um, you can really just smell that almost, and... Just to visually see those scenes come to life, it really uh, put it like, wow, this is going to be something really, really special. What about you, Samuel? What was your highlight from the whole panel? Just kind of uh, seeing the tone, what the tone of the series is going to be. Um, you know, I'm glad to see that it's going to be very gritty. It's going to feel like sort of Rogue One in a way, but more of a Western. Um, and and I'm, I, just, I just can't wait for the show to come out now. Yeah, I think that if you liked Rogue One, if Rogue One's your favorite um, film of the, of the Disney era, you're going to absolutely be obsessed with The Mandalorian with it. What about you, BB Nate? What was the highlight of the panel for you? Did I already answer that? Answer it again. The whole panel. It was it was all great. It, it, they just, I'm just excited for it to come out. <laughs> all right. Yeah, yeah for me, um, 
it was um, well I've got two highlights one of the things I absolutely think is going to be fascinating to see on screen is the 21st century version of the motion capture like stop motion cameras um, for the shooting of, of the ship and the, and the air and the flybys and the flybys and stuff which I thought was awesome <laughs> and then of course the other highlight for me was seeing salacious B. Crumb being roasted on a spit um, I, we don't know if that was salacious it, it, for me it's salacious I think that they're finally toasting him uh, which is and then you saw the other space monkey like watching right yeah what are those called the Kavakian Kavakian uh, yeah I don't know anyway we saw the giant ones in uh, Resistance, so which we're going to see the Resistance panel in a little bit. Hopefully, uh, Christopher Sean will respond to my multiple inquiries about when we're doing our interview that he promised. But um, but that's an aside. That was passive aggressive. I understand. Um, uh, so um, I guess um, we just have to wait for November twelfth. Uh, that's when it premieres. Oh, exciting. Talk about the fact they're not releasing it all at once, JG. Yeah, so according to Anthony Bresnikin, uh, the Brez, he dropped a news saying that on uh, the 12th of November, whenever this streaming service goes live, they're going to be releasing uh, each episode, it looks like, on a weekly schedule. Um, they don't have it confirmed officially, but it looks like it's going to be on a week-to-week basis. He did say also that there's potential they could drop two episodes, uh, but it's looking like it's going to be weekly. So uh, it'll give us all a chance to talk about it, speculate, uh, podcast, and blog and be able to like enjoy it like a normal TV show which I think I think is a good call um, I'm hoping that for Clone Wars we get something a little different but for Mandalorian I think that's special yeah I think that um, I think Star Wars even though um, they've announced Bob Iger said yesterday that there's going to be a hiatus we don't know what that means but a hiatus between movies, a break. I don't think we're going to see 15 years or 12 years like we did before. Maybe one or two at most. Two at most. Yeah, because it makes too much money for Disney. Absolutely. But we're going to see some amazing content uh, in the interim. We've got Clone Wars Season 7, which we're going to talk about here in just a few minutes on a new episode. Um, We've got... Uh, obviously, The Mandalorian. We've got Jedi Fallen Order uh, coming out, which is going to be an amazing game. Star Wars is still here. It's going to be continuing on, even if we take a break about the movies. Thank you so much, JT, for joining us on this episode. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a blast. Yeah, if you're not listening to Blue Saber Podcast, you're not a true Star Wars fan. Um, so you've got to go ahead and start listening to it. Um, I think that's pretty much it for The Mandalorian episode. Anything else you want to say? May the Force be with you. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with you. Always. Hey guys, it's Samuel Hutt from Tatooine Sons. I really hope you've enjoyed our wall-to-wall coverage of Star Wars Celebration Chicago. Nate and I love Star Wars and talking about it with our dad. But even more than that, we love that kids can listen to and watch our show. Family-friendly, positive Star Wars conversation is what we're all about. If you want more access to Tatooine Sons, please consider becoming a supporter on Patreon. You get tons of behind-the-scenes content while helping us fund even more family-friendly Star Wars podcasts and videos. And until May the 4th be with you, we've got a special offer for new patrons. But you have just a few days to take advantage of it. Everyone who becomes a sponsor at our Jedi Master level before May 4th will receive an autographed photo of me, Nate, and Dad from Celebration. And that's on top of receiving our Sticker of the Month, early release of our podcast poll of the week and producer status for the show including the opportunity to suggest topics poll questions guest interviews and more of course you can always turn your support amount up or down if you need to 
We just want you to know how amazing we think you are and grateful we are for your support. Make sure you head on over to patreon.com slash Sons to watch our welcome video and learn more, and sign up before Saturday, May 4th. May the Force be with you, and make Turbis Cannon. This party's over. I like that Wookiee. Don't get technical with me. Join, please.